there's not a lot of opportunities for employers or companies or institutions to have a place right on the lake, you know, mm -hmm. to, to locate their employees and, and their the culture to integrate into Lake Ontario and the waterfront in a conservation area and be integrated with the Lakeview Square and the retail and the restaurants, a real kind of vibrant kind of thing coming together. So we, um, we're spending a lot of time right now with the city, like I said, sort of trying to get the word out there and yeah. uh, not just regionally, but globally about, you know, the opportunity that exists here for uh, an amazing opportunity for research and innovation and companies to come here and in a location strategically located uh, very close to city of Toronto, to transit, uh, to the Pearson Airport, uh, Lake Ontario, you name it, right? Like it's, yeah. it's a great spot. And we think the, uh, the possibilities are endless with our innovation district. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Placemaking Podcast. I am extremely excited to share this next conversation with all of you here today. Brian Sutherland is the Vice President of Development at Argo Development Corp. And the development lead for the Lakeview Village Project on the shores of Lake Ontario, which we're going to discuss shortly. Brian Sutherland has over 15 years of experience in the land use planning and land development industry. With experience working from a municipal government to planning consultant firm and ultimately land developer, Brian has a wide range of experience and perspective towards community building and land use planning. Brian has managed large landowner groups, obtained approvals for dozens of projects, and experienced working on projects across the greater Toronto area, collaborating with residents, community groups, builders, elected officials, municipal departments, and agencies to create exciting, vibrant, and successful places for people to live, work, and play. Now, Argo is a leading-edge land development company with more than 25 years of experience. They are a dedicated team of driven industry experts that rivals the largest developers in the nation. With a streamlined and nimble operation that enables them to provide a competitive advantage. Inspired by their successful past today, they proactively strive to create thriving communities. Now in this episode, we're going to discuss the impact that finding the right team can have on a large development master plan. Behind the scenes look into several innovations their development team is exploring on this project and how to build excitement in the surrounding communities for your next project. There's loads of great information in this episode and I greatly appreciate Brian for taking time out of his extremely busy schedule to discuss this topic of understanding the importance placemaking in master plan developments with me today as always if you have enjoyed the show i'd ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in the industry promise there will be more exciting conversations on these shows to come now, without further ado let's start the show hey welcome to the show brian thanks for having me i'm excited to uh to have this discussion it's really it's really great to have me on the show 
Uh, I'm excited to have this discussion. We've been going back and forth a little bit beforehand, and I really think this is going to be a fun discussion. Before we get going, I want to get a little bit more about your background, Brian, and then we'll transition that into where you're at at Argo, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. So Yeah, just, great. Yeah. So, so my background, um, I have a land use planning background. Um, that's what I um, came out of, you know, university with and sort of coming out of that, not exactly knowing what I wanted to do or what I was eventually going to do, but but took an interest in in sort of uh, community building and, and development and, and sort of found my way through a, through a path through university to through land use planning. And, you know, when you come out of university, um, just grasping at, you know, the, the first opportunity that comes your way, really, right, to get your hands dirty and, and get into it. So I mean, I was able and fortunate enough to to get a job with a small municipality outside of the Toronto area, uh, working for the municipality at the government level, um, you know, uh, dealing with applications that came in and, you know, the public and the community. And it was a great experience, you know, uh, smaller, smaller city with not as much maybe happening and in, in the context of, you know, a bigger city like uh, the Toronto, but um, really valuable uh, experience to gain and understanding the planning process, the approval process, dealing with the community and concerns and uh, from everything from, you know, really, really small little applications to, to subdivision work and, and things like that. So uh, it was a great, a great kickstart to my career in, in getting that type of municipal experience. Um, from there, knowing that I wanted to kind of get into more uh, larger scale projects and uh, learn more. Um, I, I moved back into the, into the Toronto area after about three years of, of working for the municipality and started working for a land use consulting firm uh, as a consultant and um, uh, really enjoyed that and, and got to work on, again, a lot of small projects still, but a lot of much bigger scale projects, you know, working with landowner groups that you know, developers that own uh, hundreds and hundreds of acres together and, and moving forward with master planning and secondary plan projects and learning from some great people on how to manage those type of projects and, and move things forward. And uh, was able to do that for uh, close to 13, 14 years, I think it was. Um, but again, the itch to, you know, take it that one step further and actually get into the land development business itself and, and you know, uh, you know, uh, implement a lot of the uh the great the great ideas and things that we, you know we want to see moving forward with with development and community building and uh so was fortunate enough to to make that transition to a, a land development company and uh really have learned a lot on on that side of the business over the years as well and more recently i was very very fortunate to land uh with with my current uh um employer argo development corporation just about over four years ago now um, and been working on some fantastic projects with Argo with a great group of people, um, companies growing and uh, really excited and lucky to be uh, where I am right now with this group. It's really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, you got some uh, pretty, pretty cool projects coming up and uh, we'll highlight that here in a minute. But yeah. kind of going back, you know, you mentioned you got the itch to, to transition more into the development side and store instead of uh, as a consultant. Um, what kind of what were the influences behind that itch? Do you think it was? You know, just I, I think it was I think it was a, a few different things. Number one, as a consultant and working with a lot of these developers, you know, you kind of 
you kind of see from the outside what they're doing, but you don't really, you're not in that, you're not in the inside and knowing all the details and all the, all the work and implementation that, that, that needs to happen to actually deliver these projects. And I really wanted to get into that, right? Um, you know, because uh, um, it, not that I didn't enjoy what I was doing from a consulting point of view and, and uh, was, I felt valued where I was and, and there was a lot of great aspects that work, but there was this just desire to learn more, right? There's a desire to, um, get more experience and, and learn that other side of the business. And, and I think the implementation part of it of actually, you know, being able to sort of, um, you know, be there from start to finish of a project, build communities, uh, make places, right? Like make right. really special places that, you know, people are going to visit, people are going to live, people are going to work, people are going to enjoy it. And um, uh, having, you know, working where I am now, with Argo and the projects that we have, there is that, you know, there's ownership there of, of the projects and there's ownership of uh, delivering uh, exciting, exciting places. And, and that's what, that's what this is all about. And um, being involved in the entire, the entire part of that project, as opposed to, you know, the planning or land use side yeah. of things or individual components, it was really intriguing to me and something that I knew I had a lot to learn. Um, and, uh, but, but I was fortunate enough to surround myself with the right, the right groups to learn. And, uh, it's been a really rewarding experience to do that. So it was a combination of a lot of different things that, yeah. that, that had that itch and, and, and gave me that pull. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned there's a learning curve, but you did have, uh, you know, some good foundation there with your experience sure. at the city. And then as a consultant, I mean, you really saw all all the aspects up to development. So I'm sure that gave you a good foundation. That helped a lot. Yeah, that really helped a lot because you, you over the, you know, the, the time that as a consultant, you surrounded yourself with, you know, we, we surrounded ourselves with the best, right? We had, we had other, you know, engineering and, and landscape architect, urban design consultants that were the best at what they did. We worked with, with, with great developers across the GTA and, and you can't help but learn and, and pick up things uh, that, that, that certainly helped me as I, as I transitioned into the next part of my career. And, 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 you know, it's a big part of everything that we all do here is surrounding yourself with, with good people and surrounding yourself with, with people that have experience and all the learning. And, uh, yeah, there was, there's a, certainly a learning curve when you transition from any one point of anything you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, uh, it's rewarding, right? So, and, and uh, it's still every day that we're working on projects here. I know I'm learning every day on, something new pops up that, you know, you just scratch your head and you say, well, that's a new one. And yeah. <laughs> how do we figure this out? So it, it's, um, it's part of, it's part of, uh, certainly part of the land development industry and, and what we do. So yeah, it's been, I feel very lucky. Like, you know, it's look, look back over the last, you know, 15, close to 20 years now, I guess. And it's just, everything's fallen into place in a really, um, really great way for me. And, and uh, I feel very lucky and fortunate the way that sort of could have fallen. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. probably didn't realize where where it was taking you to to begin no with. Idea. But no <laughs> idea. It's, it's Twenty years ago, me coming out of your university, if you had said that all the stuff in the way that unfolded, no way, there's no way. Right, right. Now, but now you're you're involved in a pretty amazing project, a mixed use development that. That's really where our, our discussions initially uh, were circled around when, when we uh, discussed 
you know, your background is, is this development of Lakeview Village project is pretty, pretty impressive. Can you give us a, a brief overview uh, you know, um, for the magnitude? It's, it's unique. I like it, it's so unique. And, and I got to say, just stepping back to it from, from an Argo Development Corporation, you know, our company point of view, we've got a lot of fantastic, amazing, exciting projects across the view. We've got like over 30 active projects, over 2,200 acres of land. 27,000 residential units, uh, additional retail, employment opportunities, like tons of really exciting projects on the go, but there really isn't anything that's more unique, kind of maybe groundbreaking as this Lakeview project uh, for us here. And it's, we, again, just like how lucky to be able to um, fall into uh, a situation where we get to work on a project like this. And, um, there aren't many sites, I would say, certainly in Canada, but maybe you know, maybe in North America or around the world that, that have, you know, 177 acres on the waterfront, on Lake Ontario and the Great Lakes, it's a blank slate um, that, uh, that we have the opportunity to, to reimagine, revitalize. This is a, it's a site that was um, formerly a power, a power station, a coal, coal burning power plant that uh, for decades was uh, affectionately known as the four sisters because it had these four giant coal smokestacks right on right on the lake of Lake Ontario. And there were um, constantly smog days in this area with the saga from the pollution that was coming from, from these, uh, these, power, these, these, these smokestacks. And it was very utilitarian, cut off from the public, you know, no access to the waterfront in this area, very in industrial. Um, and the, the province of Ontario in the um, early 2000s decided to move away from coal burning power plants. And um, uh, that sort of kickstarted the, the work at, at really the community level about, you know, what could be the future or something better in not having a power plant on our waterfront. Wouldn't it be great to think about a, uh, a mixed use community here on the waterfront in this area that used to be a uh, So. Um, that's that's really the genesis of this project is, is transitioning away from this coal burning cooling power plant to a real uh, true mixed use sustainable waterfront community that's going to be a jewel for um, the city of Mississauga and the greater Toronto area. It's, it's really unique and, and exciting. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. That's that's such a unique project, like you said that that doesn't come around every day. It's it not. <laughs> You know, uh, there's there's uh, there's a leftover industrial pier on site that all the coal ships would come through Lake Ontario and they bring all the coal to the facility. And now that pier is left over, and you know it goes almost a kilometer out into Lake Ontario. And we are going to be conveying back to the city, uh, essentially the whole waterfront, including this this pier. And we have the opportunity to work with the city now to reimagine. This entire waterfront park and this pier make it fully publicly accessible. Have the opportunity for people across the region to come and walk almost a kilometer out into Lake Ontario as part of the public park system. And you know, it's I've been out there, you know, uh, as much as I can be, because uh, it's just such a special walk to walk out there and stand out at the end of the pier. The views to the city of Toronto are spectacular. The views out the west to the rest of the, the GTA are amazing. And, it's peaceful. It's quiet when you're out there. The whole city noise is gone. Um, 
you can really, as you're standing at the end of that pier, imagine what the future has in store for this area. And I think it's going to be a real destination point and special place. So it just doesn't exist. Like these things don't come around. So it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for for all of us here to to get it right. Right. That's going to be yeah. the, the important part of the challenge now is to make sure we get it right and deliver a, a special place. Well, it's uh, it's not just you, right? There's a there's a whole team involved in this one, and I'm sure there's there's many uh, that you that we could bring up right now. But can you talk about uh, some of the the major partners that you're involved in the project with, and Absolutely. how how it came about? Yeah, it's such an important part. This is not about uh, this is not about Brian or 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 Arvin Corporation either. This is about a consortium that has come together to work. Uh, in a really unique way, I think, to to, um, to move forward with a project like this. Like it's such a uh, unique and complicated project that it was important for us to bring in the right partners and the right consortium to to deliver and, and come through. So when when the province of Ontario had decided, you know, that they they were not no longer going to be, you know, in the business of coal burning, polluting power plants and shut it down and there was even some debate back and forth a long time ago about transitioning the site from a, a coal burning power plant to a gas power plant. But you know, there was really great work and the community, uh, community leaders there said, no, we want this to be a destination waterfront community. So the province eventually brought the, the, the site through um, to market and, and set up a process to go through bids and, and put proposals into um, to, uh, to to select a proponent to actually move forward with it. So we knew it wasn't just about, you know, although money talks, right? But it wasn't just about, you know, the price. It was about a group that could deliver, a group that mm -hmm. had the vision and a group that, that wanted to come through and develop a really special place it was important to the province as well. So um, Argo ourselves, we were watching this for a long time, right? Because we, we've been doing work in this area for decades. We knew... Um, you know, we knew the potential of the site and we knew the local counselor for this area really, really well. And he was always, he was one of the, he was originally a community leader and then got himself on the council. And this was his number one priority about, you know, moving past the power plant and transitioning this into something world-class uh, waterfront community. And so he was always talking to us about it and we were always watching and, and ready for whenever this thing was going to come forward. Um, and, and we started to put together a group and we were successful in, in bringing uh, four, four other partners with us to come together to make Lakeview Community Partners Limited, which is our development consortium that we put together. And we have uh, TAC Construction, who is one of the, or the leading uh, Canadian construction company in Canada, um, great partner. Um, uh, a group called uh, CCI Developments, who, who specifically focus on Brownfield and remediation projects, just given the nature of what this site was. We needed, we knew we needed that kind of level of expertise and uh, uh, as part of our team. And then two of Canada's leading home builders as well, the, the developers and home builders that we brought in in Green Park Homes and, and Brandhaven Homes um, to sort of round out our, our sort of very comprehensive group that, that had experience on all aspects of land development projects that we thought and I think the province agreed in, in, in evaluating our proposal and bid that, that it was uh, uh, the right group to put together to really deliver on a project like this. Yeah, that's that's big. And you you brought up some good points. I mean, you were you were tactical about bringing together 
some some uh, groups that could help to supplement some of, uh, you know, basically bring in somebody that's that uh, is strong and, and some things that maybe you guys aren't as strong in and and exactly in yeah, group I mean, and yeah yeah like one of the unique aspects of this site was that um, you know there's the whole brownfield remediation component of it certainly that you know we needed um, some help on our team but. What we were left with with this site is the the power plant had been demolished for uh, for de for um, uh, close to 15 years now I think, and so the site had been vacant and and it was a, it was literally a blank slate, but underneath where the power plant was was a very extensive uh, system of underground infrastructure, subsurface infrastructure tunnels because they pulled lake water through Lake Ontario under the site to feed the power plant. So we, you know, we needed, you know, for example, attack construction as part of our team to really attack and help us with the demolition of all this infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And that was a two-year process. So we, you know, two and a half year process. We just really are finishing up that now from the point that we, uh, it's been a really expensive process where we've removed over 250,000 tons of concrete from the ground, breaking up concrete and, and, and ripping it out. And the cool thing, one of the, the amazing, from my perspective, I think from our whole partnership perspective of, of this story, I think is, you know, we're, we're revitalizing and reimagining what this part of the waterfront can be in Mississauga um, that's been cut off from people for, for decades and decades and decades. Um, there's another project just happening beside us, just to the southeast at the foot of our project. And it's a brand new conservation area that the local conservation area is building by filling in Lake Ontario and creating 64 acres of brand new land that will be a coastal conservation area. It's an amazing uh, endeavor and project that's really going to tie in with our whole project. Oh, yeah. But the one thing that they needed when we came along, they were already working away and had their plans, but they needed they needed concrete. They were they were having a hard time sourcing and finding concrete at a, at, a, at, a, at a cost to hold back Lake Ontario so that they could actually do their filling and do their work. So. Timing, it just worked out perfect. We, we showed up, we started breaking in all the concrete, filled up rock truck, just sent it next door, dumped it into the lake, and, and we donated over 250,000 tons of concrete to this uh, conservation authority that is now, you know, we're taking the foundations of uh, a coal burning power, polluting power plant and reusing it as the, the foundations forever for a coastal conservation area. Like what a great kickstart to this whole sort of revitalization of the, um, of the waterfront and it's those kind of um, sort of starting points and partnerships that we've started to develop here that I think are really special and yeah. that are going to result in a really uh, amazing uh, waterfront here. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah, that that's, that's great that it, they were able to tie in the two. It, it seems like a perfect fit. Uh, so how do you, how do you begin to tackle such like, this is such a large project. How do you take a bite of such a big apple like that? Uh, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, it's 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 you, it's almost I'm sitting here thinking back to a couple of years ago. We we closed on on the property in March of 2018. So you know, it's been um, a good three years now uh, of uh, of working through a variety of things. So we've got the side of things of taking a bite out of the site itself and figuring out. Okay, like we've got all this subsurface infrastructure and tunnels and uh, all this stuff in here. How do we deal with that? And like you said, it was almost like it was meant to be that all of a sudden 
we've got this great partner next door that needed all that material and it all came together in a really special way. So that was, that was one component of dealing with, you know, the, the on-site aspects, but then there was the sort of visioning and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, getting this right. And what, what is this project going to look like at the end of the day? How do we build a special community? How do we build a special place? And um, there was, from the get-go we you know we were aware and we knew um there was a lot of work that was done at the community level in advance of sort of you know early master planning work and mm -hmm. it was always the vision for this to be a true mixed-use complete community and sustainable community and, and having not just a residential here like this is not it's not going to be a special place if it's just you know a lot of residential towers right um mm -hmm. so a lot of work uh, started to unfold with the community we held massive community meetings. You know, this is a project that is, you know, it's not under the radar. It has right. been in, in the local community here. Everyone, I think there's a lot of excitement, right, about, you know, moving away from the type of uses that we're here and, and what could happen here in the future. So we held um, four, over the course of a year or so, four really large community, uh, community meetings with our team to kind of hear. Uh, what was important to everyone in the community and what are the mm -hmm. kind of things that, that they wanted to see here. And that was really um, exciting and eye-opening and valuable uh, to hear all the various, you could probably imagine the, the, the variety of opinions and, and perspectives and ideas that come out of the thing, which, which is great, right? Like there's a lot of things that are, that are, that, are um, that made their way into the final master plan. There's some things that, that couldn't or, or weren't realistic, but, um, I think it it, um, it it really shaped the way the master plan ultimately came together with regards to the vision for this site. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing that we did, you said, like you know, how you take a bite out of something with the scale and nature. And there was a little, there was a moment with our team, like we had assembled a great local, uh, the best. We've got the best consulting team. I, you know. I, Feel so fortunate to have assembled, you know, great team working with us uh, locally here. But we did, we did it at one point through the process, just take a little step back and say, you know, do we need a little bit of a global lens on this in a project like this? Do we need someone from the outside to come in and give their perspective to what we're doing here, right? Like, mm -hmm. about what an amazing once, of a, once in a lifetime kind of project and opportunity this is in the waterfront. Maybe we need to go out to the world and, and get some, um, some some fresh eyes and fresh thoughts. So exactly what we did, we we, we issued a sort of a uh, worldwide architectural competition process where we we threw it out there. We said, hey, we got this uh, we got this amazing piece of land here on, on Lake Ontario. What 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 firms could uh, come in and give us some help? And we we interviewed uh, a number of, of architectural and master planning firms from around the world, narrowed it down to, to five, and ended up um, working with this great team out of out of Boston um, from a firm called Suzaki who do work around the world. And what's what really struck us with them was they had a lot of waterfront experience. They they really understood the importance of how to develop projects on the waterfront, the importance of connecting people to the water. And it's not, it's not so much strictly about the architecture of buildings, the built forms. It's, they really got the importance of um, connecting with the waterfront, connecting with parks and open space. And, you know, 
beyond just the architecture. That, that's what really stood out to us. So that's what we were really engaged in and felt so strongly about this site in the first place was, you know, Lake Ontario and, and, and the ability to connect people through an amazing park system here and the connection to that conservation area. So Zach, you really, really got it. And we've been fortunate to work with them over the last couple of years. And they really helped shape, along with the rest of our team, the, um, uh, the final product of this master plan, which was unanimously endorsed by city council in, um, in 2019. And uh, everyone is very excited. Uh, so it really, you know, is one of those things that sometimes taking a step back and, you know, saying, you know, we need some other eyes or other perspectives that we can help, can help a project, right? So uh, it was, it was a good thing that, 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 that uh, in hindsight, it was a really, it was a really good thing that we, we did take that step back and, and put some more thought and bring fresh eyes to, to a project. So it was a good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. And having, the city on board always helps out as well. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, 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 you know, it's like with anything, it's such a good project like this, it's a process, right? And mm -hmm. um, even with the community and, um, you know, but uh, I think at the end of the day, everyone is very happy with, you know, the direction things are going. We've got a long way to go. We haven't, uh, we haven't built anything yet, right? <laughs> We're still going to our, uh, the rest of our planning approval processes at the city right now are very close being a point to sort of hit that next stage of approvals and we're going to be um, doing a massive workforce program on the site this year and looking to service the site next year so it's starting to become very real which is exciting too yeah. uh, everyone I think is looking forward to the implementation of this and actually bringing people to the site right and actually experiencing it that's that's the ultimate goal here so that's uh, coming coming <laughs> yeah this this type of project takes some time so yeah, yeah. i'm sure everybody realizes that but uh you know your website right like i think it's been you know we all know this thing is going to evolve even as we move forward sure. right, right changes and there's going to be things we learn and uh there's going to be new ideas and that's the whole point of this right is to uh you know to to evolve with it to evolve with uh, the changing dynamics and even the pandemic that just happened, right? Like that, 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 that pandemic uh, hit everyone in, uh, by surprise and certainly hit this project, you know, in, in a very interesting time frame, right? As we were moving things forward, and it's opened our eyes about, you know, how is what we were doing and thinking the right thing or, or um, are there are there things that might, you know, uh, be changed or influenced based on what's happened in the last year? year and a half so it's it's always fluid and evolving and that's the exciting uh uh part that uh, i think we all love about about this uh land development world that we live in yeah yeah and you brought up a good point of the recent uh and ongoing pandemic is uh you know it's affected several different uh industries and sure. real estate is obviously affected uh, closely as well. So did you see, you, you mentioned this is a fluid project. What kind of shifts were made or have been made or have not, you know, just in discussions since that has uh, taken place? Are there uh, increased green space areas? Yeah, is there? Uh, that, was, that was the biggest thing is it was, um, it was almost um, uh, reassuring, like uh, the word, I guess, reassuring or justifying 
um, you know, the vision for the master plan here because more than anything, what we were seeing and what I was feeling anyway, you know, the last year and a half was in, in seeing how people reacted to everything that was happening was the importance of having outdoor space and connecting with nature and, and having that ability to get out of your house, right? And that everyone felt confined in. Um, so the basis of, of where we were going with this master plan at the time was was really reinforcing that. And you know, we've we 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 made moves to the master plan to really strengthen the parks and open space connections down from the main lakeshore road area down to the lake and, and, and you know strengthen those open space and park connections, strengthen the waterfront park. Um, you know, and and I think coming out of this pandemic, I think there's gonna be certain things that, that aren't necessarily I think they're gonna people's behaviors and thought processes are gonna are gonna continue on and, and realizing that we do need space outside. We do need that connection to nature. We need those walking and cycling trails. There I, I really firmly believe there's no other project in, in the in the greater Toronto area that can deliver the type of outdoor amenity and cycling and pedestrian infrastructure that this project is gonna provide. And I think I think it reinforced everything that we're doing is, is right. You know, we're going in the right direction with, with this type of stuff. And then even, you know, the live work kind of component um, with people working from home now, and a key part of this project and the vision of the master plan was incorporating other uses, including an innovation district, employment, office, cultural areas. Um, you know, having those all in, 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 in located close proximity to, uh, to be integrated, right? Like, mm -hmm. have, one with all these other uses and the way that we were trying to do with this master plan, I think really aligned itself uh, as well with the future of where things were heading. So it was really eye-opening and, and helped reinforce uh, and, and helped us strengthen the direction that this, this master plan was going. Um, certainly it was, it, was, uh, uh, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. And it's, it's interesting to see how it, how it's been affecting other, other, um, you know, product types over the, the last year and a half and, and, yeah. and, you know, what, what certain people are focusing on now more so than previously. And so that's, that's interesting that, you know, and based on the, based on the renderings I've seen, uh, you know, there was a, a very large green space component, uh, a lot of green space and, and it was kind of centered around. Yeah. Integrating. Yeah, not only our our project, you know, we've got upwards of 50 acres within our project of whether it be park or uh, pier, waterfront. We, we're building a new creek uh, on, our, on our project right now. It's one of the first things we're doing is rediverting a creek that's piped underneath of the adjacent uh, wastewater treatment plant. So we're pulling it out from under there. So it actually creates this wildlife and natural fish habitat corridor on our property. So. You know, we've got over 50 acres of, of this within our development project of, of open space that people are going to be able to enjoy. But in the greater area around us, there's an existing city in Mississauga Park directly to our west with uh, massive, uh, lots of infrastructure, uh, heavily used park system. There's a 64-acre coastal conservation area being built right now in the east of us. There's another uh, set of uh, sort of link of other parks connecting into the Toronto area. You know, we're, we're just one and a half kilometers from the Toronto border, about one mile um, from the Toronto border. There's about 450 acres of park space in and around our wow. project. And 
you know, what an opportunity to, you know, properly plan for density and, and uh, vibrancy and uh, events and, you know, a destination spot when you have that, that, that uh, amazing um, benefit of all this open space and wildlife, right? It's, it's you know, um, conservation areas, fish habitat, um, a bit of everything. Like there'll be very urban park areas, very passive park areas. Um, the, the Trans-Canada Waterfront Trail is going to wrap around the waterfront here. It doesn't right now. It bypasses our, our site because it's, you know, our site's been cut off from the public for, mm -hmm. for decades and decades and decades. So we're going to be able to bring three and a half kilometers of the waterfront trail actually onto the waterfront finally. <laughs> um, so all of this coming together, just such a, it's such a, I keep saying the word unique, but it's just such a unique opportunity to, to plan for a community, a, a true mixed use community, plan for the right density in an area where people are going to get benefit and enjoy all this open space around it. Yeah. Yeah, unique, special—all those words really, really uh, can can be said for this project. I mean, this this podcast place making. Sorry, is uh, you know that that term gives people all sorts of uh, descriptions and and definitions. But you know, your website uh, about this project mentions that that you utilize effective placemaking in this community so yeah. what does that look like and what does that mean to you and, and how do you think that actually builds an ideal development yeah so i think it's um it's a couple different aspects in the sort of that placemaking objective that we have for this project and certainly thinking long term about you know how do we how do we make lakeview village uh an amazing place and, and, and vibrant and you know a big part of that effective placemaking in our mind is bringing a lot of uh, uses and um, ideas together in a very um, comprehensive way so that you're creating uh, a really exciting integration of all these ideas, you know, from the from the, uh, the, the waterfront park system to the residential, to the retail, to the employment, institutional and office, arts and cultural uses all sort of centrally tied together in a way that you're creating a very unique and, and a special place in the long term is really what our goal is here in, in creating Lakey Village to be a destination, something that's vibrant and something that is uh, urban and something that is very uh, um, desirable for, for whether people are living here, working here, visiting here, just coming to enjoy, um, you know, an afternoon walk on the, on the pier. But stepping back from that, you know, a big part of our, our thinking in relates to placemaking has been setting the groundwork for that now. Like even before before anything is happening per se with construction or actually building this development, how do we how do we start the initiatives for that place making now and set the groundwork? Because as I've said a couple of times, like this site in this area of Southeast Mississauga has been cut off for, for decades and decades and decades. Like it was a power power plant before that. It has wartime and military history. It was the site of uh, Canada's first aerodrome and flight school, right? So this is dating back, you know, early 1900s. Like this, this is very got a very industrial um, uh, history where people just haven't been able to access this site in a public way ever. And how do we reconnect people and get people to sort of start connecting with the future of what's going to happen here now? And we've done a lot of work over the last two, three years on 
um, small but impactful placemaking initiatives um, that bring people back to the site. Um, starting with the first thing, one of the first things we did um, the site, you know, when we started working away on various aspects of the project, we've got 107 acres kind of sitting here. And um, one of the things we decided to do was, was in any area on the site that we could that had soil, we, um, we planted sunflowers and we planted over a million sunflowers on the site and didn't say anything, you know, we were doing it, just kind of let it happen. And it's a very cool thing where all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, one million sunflowers arrived, <laughs> right? And people from the area just started flocking to, to say, what is this about? And yeah. what's happening here? And, you know, we opened, people started walking through the site and taking selfies and enjoying it, right? And, yeah. and thinking about, okay, well, what is this? And what can it be? And um, it was really, we weren't sure what was going to happen with it, but it was really successful and it was really, uh, I think uh, the community really reacted really well to it. So we've continued it on every year over the last uh, number of years. Where we're, I think we're just planting uh, now again for this season, and uh, sunflowers will be back. So that's that's like a kind of a kickstart to that kind of you know reconnecting people with place and mm-hmm. thinking about the future. And then you know we started to um, started getting into more aspects of that with with arts and culture and arts and culture opportunities that we tied into that. That sunflower experience as well. So, I think from an effective placemaking point of view, we're just as we move forward with this this project, we're always thinking about step by step, even early on, how do we establish that mindset of um, what kind of place Lakeview Village is going to be in the future? It's really important that it becomes this vibrant, urban, exciting uh, destination. Like if we don't do that, I think we think we probably failed somewhere. So that's that's gonna mm-hmm. be at the forefront of our, our mindset as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. And and I love the idea of just going kind of giving people a glimpse of, you know, that th- there is something growing here, you know, there there's something special going on here. Uh, yeah. and it brings those people and that's great. That's awesome. You mentioned you mentioned vibrancy and, and art. And, you know, last week you guys uh, shared a pretty great announcement about a uh, partnership with and collaboration with Artscape. Yeah. What, what does that look like and, and how is that involving local artists and, and how is that building that culture there? It, it, it's, it's such a, uh, I think it's such a key part of that sort of placemaking and step-by-step growth of that um, process we were talking about and this is this is something new to us too right like new to me like you know doing these kind of initiatives and on unfortunately this has been really eye-opening um but we we got introduced to an organization in toronto called artscape they're a non-profit art organization actually got connected with them through the, the planning commissioner of the city of the saga and started to learn and talk to the things that they were doing and they were all about sort of um, promoting arts and culture promoting opportunities for artists for local artists help cultivate their their job opportunities and growth and, and really promoting public art and, and that, that, that experience, right? So more and more we started to talk with them, the more and more we saw synergies on, you know, mm-hmm. what everyone's thinking Lakeview should be, you know, with this cultural hub at the foot of Lake Ontario this year. So um, so last year we, we un- unrolled a, a uh, great initiative with them where we hired 19 local artists who 
just happened. You know, we had already been planning to do this, but when we did this last year, the pandemic was just sort of kickstarting and hit everyone. And like everyone else, right? Like everyone was losing jobs and opportunities, but, but the art community especially was getting a lot of things pulled from underneath of them um, that they were really relying on. So we, we thought it would be great if we could provide, um, you know, 19 local artists with, with over, uh, over $100,000 worth of, of commissioned artwork to do on our site in collaboration with the Sunflower Fields. Um, where they, you know, we're building our first building out on site that is the Discovery Center, what we're calling, which is going to be the home of this project and where we celebrate everything that's happening across this uh, project uh, start to finish. Um, so instead of, you know, the typical construction hoarding you put around where, where we're building that, we, uh, we commissioned 19 artists to do digital artwork, mural paintings, sculpture, uh, indigenous poem, uh, sort of tie things back to the history of the land and the importance of indigenous culture um, and, and really created this amazing kind of art exhibit on the site around this construction area uh, tied in with the sunflowers that again, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, people in the community were able to come and see this great artwork, enjoy it. Uh, the artists could tell a story about what they're trying to communicate. A lot of that was tied to the re revitalization of this area, the waterfront nature, uh, what people needed, what the artists thought people needed to hear and see in the midst of this crazy pandemic we were in. So it was it was cool. It was a really um, uh, turned out amazing, really well, well received. Um, so we've just been continue, we want to continue that that kind of on with with Artscape and other organizations and, and local artists to you know keep those kind of Things happening and the latest announcement was we're going to do another another sculpture as part of uh, this area and the discovery center that again is focused on that sort of nod to uh, to nature and the lake and, and uh, we're excited to unveil that and we're going to keep doing these kind of uh, small but impactful you know uh, projects to bring the community together and, and help local artists tell the story of of actually delivering an arts and culture hub and lake. That's awesome. That's yeah, it's exciting. That's that's like every word, unique, special. That's 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 it. That's great. That's you know, it's it's fun to see how you're you're already starting to build those relationships with uh, local, you know, artisans, local community, uh, and that really makes people feel like they're they're really involved and part of of the process as well. For sure. And I think too, it's a bit of, you know, uh, identifying the transition of what this land has been to something new and exciting and vibrant. And, you know, that placemaking um, component is so important to everything that we're trying to do here. And we have to transition away from the mindset of this, of these lands being very utilitarian and polluting and industrial and get people thinking about, you know, the future and, and, and how this can be an exciting place to, to be. It's all part of that. Uh, well, we're hoping anyway. So far, so good. <laughs> well, speaking about you know the future, you said a lot of it was was focused on giving a nod to the past, but also looking to the future, and and part of that, I assume, would be part of your innovation district. That's mm -hmm. a part of this project. So, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what? what's involved with that district and how that fits yeah, into it's the another really exciting part of the project because you know 
we really believe that, you know, the, the overall success of what we're trying to achieve here, it's not going to happen if the innovation business itself is a success. Like it's a really key component to um, to the project because if this if this ended up just being you know a residential community on the lake with tall towers, like we'd fail. Like it was is not what 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 our vision is and what we're trying to do here. It's an integration of of all these uses together. So the the success of this innovation district is really important and something that we've been spending a lot of time. Uh, working on and advancing with the city uh, and their economic development office because the city themselves have, have identified this not only this project is very important for the city but the innovation district itself being a key component of their of their economic plan uh, moving forward and their economic recovery coming out of this pandemic as well as the opportunity so um, the, the vision for this district is really a place where innovative companies uh, would want to come and locate uh, research, uh, life sciences, um, things related to the environment in the Great Lakes. Um, we're doing a lot of work with the city to try to see if we could find post-secondary education, you know, university college kind of involvement into this district and campus, creating like a campus environment mm -hmm. down by the water here. So I think that is one of the, again, um, from an innovation district employment point of view, there are not a lot of opportunities for employers or companies or institutions to have a place right on the lake, you know, mm -hmm. to, to locate their employees and, and their, their culture to integrate into Lake Ontario and the waterfront in a conservation area and be integrated with the Lakeview Square and the retail and the restaurant, a real kind of vibrant kind of thing coming together. So we, um, we're spending a lot of time right now with the city, like I said, sort of trying to get the word out there and yeah. uh, not just regionally but globally about you know the opportunity that exists here for uh, an amazing opportunity for research and innovation and companies to come here and in a location strategically located uh, very close to city of Toronto to transit uh, to Pearson Airport uh, Lake Ontario you name it right like it's, yeah. it's a great spot and we think the uh, the possibilities are endless with regards to this innovation district. Uh, especially when you think about kind of the future, right? Like the way that um, the world's going and, and the importance of, of innovation and technology. And, uh, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we don't know. It's one of those other things that like, we don't know exactly where this is going. <laughs> we think it's going to be great, right? We yeah. think amazing, and we'll see where this, where this takes us with regards to innovation, which is like, the real important part of, of the project. Yeah, like you said, everything's kind of fluid right now. You're you're still working through, and and things will evolve and change, and yeah. you know, hopefully for the better, and and everything will kind of work its way through. So, you know, to piggyback off of the the innovation district, what what type of innovative practices are you guys exploring as part of this project? Um, be that you know your integration into nature, um, you know, certain technologies that you see coming that, that might benefit this community. Um, can you touch on that? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's something again that um, learning every day and, and some new ideas and things that we were tasked with as a development company and a development partnership when we took, when we took on this project that's that, uh, um, the city and, and, and sort of said, we like these sort of things to be looked at. And, and certainly there's, um, 
there's aspects that, you know, smart city technology and mm-hmm. low impact development and, and innovative stormwater uh, technologies and ideas that we're, 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 we're certainly proceeding on. But there was two, there's two really interesting and unique um, uh, projects that we're, we're advancing right now and really hoping that we're able to implement it here as part of our, our servicing program. Um, first being a district energy system. And um, this is something that uh, because of our location where we are, um, in the size and scale of the project, it really sort of um, became apparent that there's a big opportunity here to do something really um, impactful with regards to district energy. And adjacent to us is uh, a large uh, wastewater treatment plant that, that the region of fuel owns and operates. And, um, you know, certainly you could look at that as, as a challenge, but we've, we've sort of spun that on its head and looked at it as an opportunity. And in discussions with the region and the city and working towards a potential district energy system where we tap into the effluent water that would be leaving that, that facility and outletting into Lake Ontario. And it's always out, uh, outletting at a constant temperature. Mm-hmm. And we can, borrow, we can borrow that water and do heat sink and heat transfer off of that and heat and cool the entirety of this development off of that effluent water in a really green, sustainable way. Wow. Uh, and so we're working with district energy uh, provider, uh, the region, the city, our engineering team, everyone's coming together uh, right now to see, you know, sort of putting that, that piece of the puzzle together to implement that. And I think it could be a real game changer um, for, um, you know, climate change objectives and goals that, 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 that levels of government here have for moving forward as we move forward. And, um, we think could really be uh, a landmark kind of, um, uh, project here in, in Ontario for sure and even in, in oh yeah on uh, this side of scale so we're really uh we're bullish on on uh, being able to pull that off where there's a lot going on right now to make it happen um and then the second really um kind of uh unique one for sure here in North America anyway was uh, an automated vacuum waste system okay when we first heard about this we were scratching our heads saying okay well We'll look at it, but I don't know about this, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we just didn't know much about it at all. Um, but we were really surprised to learn that, you know, vacuum waste systems have been in operation elsewhere across Europe and South America and around the world for over 50 years. Mm. And it's essentially a system that takes um, takes waste collection and moves it underground, uh, under the roads and infrastructure, not dissimilar to water and, and wastewater uh, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And um, people can get rid of waste 24-7 uh, through uh, an automated pneumatic system under the ground that all gets taken to one central waste collection facility. So, you know, if you're in a, a waterfront park, let's say, instead of putting your trash in a trash bin that overflows and the trash ends up getting in the park or, or the lake, um, it goes into this uh, uh, receptacle system and it's gone. and It's in a central uh, collection facility in one location. And same with all the individual buildings. Instead of you know putting your garbage in your chute and goes down to a, a collection facility where a garbage truck comes and loads it all up and takes it out, there's no garbage rooms anymore. There's no garbage trucks that circulate through the streets. It's just through automated, all underground to one collection facility. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, we actually went to we took a trip to Sweden to see these things in operation, both distance energy and vacuum waste. And we're blown away by, you know, the, how they change, 
um, the way a community functions and looks and feels and operates. Sure. There's no garbage trucks in the streets. There's no uh, there's no garbage in the parks. There, yeah, it, you, it, you don't have to design around the specific needs of a garbage truck anymore. You're, you're... And, and I think what 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 people have found in other instances where this has been implemented is people's behaviors change with waste too. They make better decisions with regards to the version of recycling and organics and garbage disposal, which which helps. So we think, you know, again, the more and more we learned about it, the more and more we thought, like, if there's anywhere that this could be implemented, it's here. Like this oh, yeah. We need to be able to do it. So, you know, again, we're working with, with our partners in the city and the region and seeing that if we can pull this off and, and, and get it implemented here. And, and uh, you know, there's one other system in, in Canada, uh, in Quebec, much it's not at the scale though it's much smaller um there's a few systems in in, in, uh, in the united states uh, uh new york uh, disney world i think has this system but it's, it's pretty rare in north america yeah. it doesn't really exist so we're uh we'll see we're, we're, we're hopeful that we can pull it off and together with you know the the green energy and the the green initiatives that are back in the system to do and and helping the environment, getting garbage trucks off of the street from a CO2 point of view, and keeping plastics out of the Great Lakes. Um, we have a, we have an amazing story to tell here about yeah. you know um, innovative ideas and new ways to look at land development. And you know, um, hopefully people will be coming to Lakeview, you know, down down the years down uh, down the road when this is implemented to see you know uh, you know how things were done here. That, that, that would be a pretty cool thing if uh, we could pull it off. Yeah, that that's amazing. I I've heard mentions of those systems, but I haven't seen it like you said at this scale, uh, and and new development like this. So uh, I'll definitely have to keep track of that. We'll we'll have to follow yeah, up. On that. When we went to when we went to Sweden, uh, they brought us into the actual waste collection facility, where all the waste for this whole area in, in Stockholm ended this up. Is, oh, that was Stockholm. It was in Stockholm, yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh, almost like a suburb of, of Stockholm that was hooked up to this entire entire system. And we went into this waste collection facility, and I've never never seen something so clean in my life. Yeah. I, I would have ate lunch off of the, you know the floor there. It was incredible. Like no smell, no no garbage. It's just all contained within these um, within the infrastructure, and, and, and uh, it was amazing. It was uh, it was eye opening. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, you kind of mentioned this previously, but you know, if I was to Google or, or Wikipedia, I'm sure it's going to be still around, but in about like 300 years, 200, 300 years, and you know, I searched your name, Brian, or or Argo, or or even this development. Uh, what what would it say about you? What what would you be? What would the legacy be for? Oh man, um, uh, not, nothing about me. That's for sure. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you know, from from certainly Argo's point of view and our involvement in this project, we're really proud of that, and I, and I hope and believe that it's going to reflect well in the future of our company. And, um, I think you know, looking back however many years down the road, I'm hoping and hopeful that. You know, we as Lake Fusier and our partnership has created a, a special place, like a, a place that um, people feel uh, proud at home, um, that people from around the GTA and beyond want to come and visit. Um, I hope that 
people um, look back and celebrate the waterfront in, in, in Lake Ontario. And I hope that, um, that that remains kind of at the heart of what this um, project ends up being is um, that connection to Lake Ontario. Um, I, I hope that people, you know, at the end of the day, feel that and, and feel that real sense of, uh, of vibrancy and, and excitement and um, sense of uh, sense of place and community. I really hope that that that's everything we're trying to do here as a partnership and as a development group is to get it right and create a real successful place that people want to live, want to visit, people want to work. Um, I think all that has to come together. And if, if people are looking back on this project 100, 200, 300 years down the road and they see that, then that'll make me feel good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys are well on your way. And I know that's not... <laughs> it's like the start, though. That's, that's yeah. the thing. It's like we've been at this for a long time, but you know, it's such a, we're, we're really just that, you know, we're at, we're at the, we're at the starting point here, which is exciting too, but uh, we got a long, long road ahead of us for sure. Well, it takes time to do things right. Time right? to do right too, yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, I appreciate all your time. I just wanted to give you a, a little opportunity here to tell uh, the listeners where they can find out more about you, Brian, your team, and this, this amazing project as well. Yeah, for sure. So the best place to get more information on our Lakeview project is if they visit the website, mylakeviewvillage.com. Uh, we've got uh, all sorts of information, videos, updates, uh, details of the project via that link. We've got uh, also full social media networks associated with the project that's, uh, that's linked into there via the website. So that is the best place to uh to learn more about everything we're doing here and, and uh, we'd love to hear from people about ideas or or opportunities that, that people might have with regards to the project we're all we're always all ears so um and, and this is great for you for having me on here love talking about this project and um we love getting the word out there and generating awareness about uh, about what what we're trying to do here and the opportunities and um uh, just really excited to be able to take time today and, talk to you about it so i thank you very much for having me on yeah no i thank you i mean this was this was such a unique project like you mentioned it's special and what you guys are doing there is is really unique and i'm excited to kind of follow up with you in the in the next year two years and see how it's going and when um, when we get back to a more normal world <laughs> very very soon we'd love to have you you know come out here we'll walk you out to the end of the pier and uh show you the waterfront and anytime the sites is so i love talking about the project and i and i what i love more than that is actually bringing people to the site yeah uh, taking tours because it's you got to see it you really got to see it to believe it to, to soak it in so once the once the borders open up and we're allowed to <laughs> <travel>. <laughs> uh, come on. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll show you around i would love that thank you brian appreciate it